Hello and welcome. My name is Jill Martin, the host of the Morning Bell podcast, and we're back in 2019 for the first episode of the year. On today's episode, it's just the podcast crew to start off the year. In the media section, we chat about crime and punishment, watching Machia, When the Promised Flower Blooms, Russian Doll, The Office, and more. For the topic, we chat about beginnings and endings in literature and in film. We're very glad to be back in the podcast swing of things. We have plenty of exciting guests lined up for this year, and we can't wait to have them on the mic. Also, our SpecFic Festival, Speculate, is almost upon us. We'd love to see you there on March 15th and 16th here at Albert Park in Melbourne. Bringing the same honest conversations that we have on the podcast to the stage is something quite special and we're counting down the days. You can find out more about the festival on the website specfic.com.au. As always, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to get in touch via our Twitter at specficvic or email in at my address mailbox at thepenofjoel.com. Thanks, and we hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to the Morning Bell Podcast. My name is Joel Martin and today we are back at the Brunswick Street Bookstore for the first podcast of 2019. So as the first podcast, I thought why not start with our loyal co-hosts who have made it here on time. Ian, yep. welcome back. How are oh, you going? I'm good, thanks. I found a park and I'm not going to get a ticket, so... You know, that's, that's, a a, that's a good way to start the year. Cross your finger, you're crossing your fingers well, I there. I figure I aim low. I can see you crossing your fingers. I know. <laughs> I aim low and I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. You paid for it, right? I, yeah, totally. <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. Um, how are you going in? How is 2019 treating you? Yeah, pretty so well. Far? Pretty well. It's, uh, it hasn't been too hot. I'm, I, I'm working hard in my day job and I'm, uh, I'm busy, uh, yeah, doing some subbing to uh, agents in the US. So that's a lot of fun. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. All right, well, we'll get talking about that very soon. Luke, welcome back to the podcast. How are Hello. you going? How's your 2019? I'm just here to heckle. Yeah, just here to heckle, as always. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Luke, stop it. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> At least he's consistent. How are you going? Yeah, yeah not too bad. 2019's a funny year. It's, I've, I've almost gotten over signing 2018 on the bottom of official documents. When does that, when does that <laughs> kick in, like, mentally? When do you stop making March? The, the older March? you get, the longer it takes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still like doing that. 2015. Oh goodness! <laughs> I'm like, Ish. yeah. So what's the what's the cutoff date? Do you think when people stop saying in emails? Hope you you know hope 2018 went well for you. Depends on whether you've <laughs> talked to them uh, so far in the year. Like no, no. Let's say it's first contact for the first year. contact for the year. Well, I'm still know. waiting for the Happy New Year stuff to stop uh, stop happening, appearing in stores and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I have like a I have a standard interaction with people that I go through because I, I work in a pretty large organization. I, I when I call people, I, generally I'll talk about the weather every time. It's like really, yeah. I mean, I'm giving away my trade secrets. Wow. Here, I'll, I'll crack the same joke like four calls in a row if I'm calling around departments. Yeah. yeah. Don't you feel bad? I feel bad for my manager. Sits right. there just hearing me go, "Hey, how you going, man? It's hot outside, isn't it? <laughs> Boy, you staying cool? Yeah. Seriously, oh, every time. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm, like, I'm like a TV serial. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> First attempts of failure, second one succeeds. Well done. Oh, goodness. Well, no, I usually start the emails, and this is a... I apologize to any speculate people that are listening, because I usually just start every email with, hope you're well, hope 2018 went well for you, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. It's every e- time. It's probably Easter when the last year stuff yeah. drops off, yeah. isn't it? I think so, yeah. yeah. But it's it comes from the heart, even though it's recycled. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. It's a recycled emotion, but it's Hardly still recycled. Yeah, it's still pure. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So let's you you mentioned something. I mm. want to chat about it for a little bit before yep. we move on, which is your submission process. How's yeah. that going? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's rejections, which I'm <laughs> expecting. And actually, I I don't know about you and, and people listening. You mm. know, anyone who's subbed knows the uh, how rejections go. I actually find it's so I'm, I've been using Query Tracker, which is a, an online um, service. It's quite cheap. It's like twenty US dollars for a year, um, and I've been using that to kind of track how I'm doing, and that's made it a lot more accessible to kind of get through stuff. Um, yeah, it's nice. been really interesting. Yeah, is, hey, I'll give you a hint. Yep, mm. this is for all of the people yeah. listening to. Mm. If you're if you're not submitting stuff, you don't get rejected. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a hot tip right <laughs> that's there. That's a hot <laughs> tip. There you go. Genuinely, though. Yeah, it is very yeah. I mean, as much as it's not great to be rejected, a quick rejection is actually great. No, it's better to be rejected yeah. than not do anything. Exactly. Right? I got yeah. one in 40 minutes. I'm not kidding. 40 minutes. Now, that was not ideal. <laughs> not like, <laughs> was it that offensive? She saw steampunk and she was like, ah! No. <laughs> you set a new record, for, like, yeah. generally? I think so. Do you I attach a photo with the your, with your <laughs> oh, submission? Wow. Yeah. That's Sorry. Wow. I'm the heckling one here. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's really interesting to see as well and, and fascinating. You could deep dive into the data on Query Tracker for, for ages because it shows you how long it's been since people have submitted to someone, shows you how long they're taking to respond generally, and it actually helps you to appreciate what agents are going through, the sheer volume, and that's just stuff that's in Query Tracker being entered. That's just one small tool. There will be so many unsolicited manuscripts hurtling towards... Um, agents, it mm. just it, it blows your mind, and you think, how on earth do they manage to get time to read even you know half of these? Yeah. Well done. I think it emphasizes how you've got to be succinct. The Morning Bell Podcast now sponsored by Query Tracker. Yeah, <laughs> See, yeah. yeah. I recommend Query Tracker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so well, yeah. if you're a marketing man from Query Tracker, <laughs> you will have my details at the end of this podcast. No, if it's working out, great. Yeah, exactly. I mean, does it help? Like when you look at all the rejections and all that. And if you get it in a quantity over a short period of time, does that just help your mental health where you just feel a lot better the next time you send something off? Because you're just used to it by this time. Or is it just yeah. a bruise every time? I think writing is so much about momentum when it comes to publishing. Yeah. And yep. you need to decide what you want to do. Um, you know, I, I decided to pursue traditional publishing a while ago just because I didn't want to continue on the path that I was on. Um, I should stick with that in my, in my plan at the moment. But, like, you... you I guess you kind of just, so long as you feel like you're getting somewhere, that helps a lot, no matter what it is you're doing, yeah, whether absolutely. it's editing, whether it's writing another chapter. Yeah, mm. for sure. There you go. Well, let's move on to our media section. Mm. And so the end of the year, and I, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, but I I did it. I, I finally listened to Ian's suggestion of watching The Office, mm. and I watched the entire however many what is it nine eight, series nine seasons wow. over a, a good period of nights yep and it's it's this is old news to everyone who's watched it but it's fantastic i loved it i mm. i really did suffer through the first season it was it yep. was not fun <laughs> um it was shocking it followed the british one storyline yeah, yeah. And, and it just made the main char- character michael scott just so unlikable and just not it, it was a painful kind of humor yeah. and the pain remains but mm. it's it's a good pain in yeah. one sense you know you you mm. you end up rooting for certain characters you want characters journeys to go in certain directions you actually get quite connected to how well they write um some characters and and the thing that they do really well and this is shows how great they are at playing with archetypes is the way they switch a character from being 
completely unlikable, say the the antagonist in in a, you know a season or whatever, mm. and then switch it completely around to you rooting for them. You know they've gone through a change, mm. Mm. you appreciate that change, and now you're invested in their journey. And I think mm. it's mm. yeah, it's a fantastic masterclass in writing, um, yeah. especially for humor. But it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's one of those interesting examples where British comedy has then been adapted by an American writing yeah. team and then has done really, really well. Exactly. <laughs> Very it's rare. It's not that common. No, I think of another example that's like I the can't Office. So, really. I mean, the story, which any super fan of The Office will be well aware of more than me, is that, you know, first season they were going to get, from what I understand, they were going to can it. And then Steve Carell did well, 30-year-old virgin. They said, yeah. go for it, do what you want to do. And, um, I mean, the crazy thing, I think, is the fact the writers were actually writing on set. Um, Toby was, you know, showrunning um, the show, which is why it's great that he's such a hated character. Um, but I, for me, I think the moment when the series, or a couple of moments where the series really touched down, but one is when they finally show you why everyone would put up with Michael's rubbish the whole time. I think yeah. it's at a bar and he just... When he, when he has that excellent sales pitch. Yeah. Excellent sales pitch. And he just nails it and, you know... Jan is, is <laughs> like oh and you as a you're like ah I finally see why someone yeah. why this guy is here because this is the one redeeming yeah. quality in mm. this in there this it is person. and then yeah. you discover more about him but yeah I, I loved it. I'm glad you watched it Joel yeah no it, it it was a good recommendation and um I have started on Parks and Rec uh I, I I've dabbled in it before but again it's that first season ISIS yeah. where I'm just it's not clicking right now but well, yeah. weirdly, I actually have started rewatching it slowly. Uh, so I'm up to about halfway through the second season. And it's definitely second season where it, where it clicks because they, okay. they did a tweak of Leslie's character where they um, got, they didn't change Leslie's character, sorry. They changed how everybody reacted to her, changed right. the whole vibe of the show. So Great. they stopped being cynical about her and they start going, oh, yeah. It's like uh, in theater sports, people go, yes, let's. Yeah. It's like that. And it just changes the whole vibe. Have you watched Parks and Rec, Luke? Nope. I, I do recommend it, but again, got to suffer through that first season, second <laughs> yeah. season, and then third season, it's just, it's all go. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, they're great examples, I think, of shows that understand or like know how to improve on mm. a certain thing. It feels like see, first season of Parks and Rec is just a, like a slightly worse version of The Office at the moment. Mm. Like, uh, maybe I, that, yeah, go just, for it. I want to sidetrack from that and think about something. With that, they get a shot, the writers, yeah. to improve. Does that Not, still happen in publishing? No, I, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, that's a question. If you're like, writing a series, maybe. Yeah, yeah. If you're writing a series, I wonder how much we've lost in the drive to have... We've, we've refined down uh, traditional publishing so much mm. that it's, it's down to not only how the, the first book is, it's got to be amazing, but also mm. the first line, the, first line, uh, yeah, the just whole to say, synopsis, yeah. everything to cut through. I talked about that volume. You know, I wonder if we're missing a trick here, but then I also understand the business realities of things. Well, uh, I think... I think one feeds into the other, though. You know, it, it, I, I think that, yes, you can say that, okay, given the data, people obviously react well to strong openings and stuff like that. Mm. But that's because we've been feeding them strong openings and, and this, mm. this contagion of, okay, now that you've had that, you want more of that. You know, and I think this is the, you know, it's just, it's perpetuating this. Um, well, I don't think that yeah. if, like, I think it doesn't translate quite, uh, it's not perfect translation. Okay. Like, uh, if you're watching something, mm. you can sort of endure through, um, mm, it's quick. The, you can endure yeah. through yeah. screenplay that's sure. a bit average, but mm. if you've got to read every word and try and figure out what's happening in something that you just, you don't click with the writing, it it's boring, it yeah. meanders off, you're not going to get to the second book. Yeah. yeah. I think and there's no again. excuse for, for poor writing or, or, um, 
very dense prose that doesn't go anywhere. Mm. But I, I, in in one sense, the the instant nature of, uh, uh you know, uh, um, a um, an action oh, start or yeah, something yeah. like that is is definitely pushed forward. I think a yeah, lot more. It doesn't have to snap at the start or anything. Yeah, but, and yeah. I think that snap is is being pushed, right? Being pushed because of publishers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's. Yeah, and there are certain books that just eschew that completely. You yeah. know, uh, like China Merville's Petito Street Station. I keep mentioning it because I think it's a really good example of mm. uh, modern fantasy in a done incredibly well without mm-hmm. having to um, keep with all the tropes and archetypes that we're, that we're so I, fond of. I mean, I so I finally started reading Petito Street Station. I know it's um, dense. It, it's, it is it's dense, a, but I mean, the words are like liquid silk. It's it's crazy. it's beautiful. It's, it's broke, that, yeah. and that's why you can like you can endure through a bit of it. Because for me, as a writer, I'm just getting angry at yeah. how good this is. <laughs> I'm just oh, like, it's oh. it's depressingly you, good. You just yeah. you you know just the way he writes and um yeah I, I I've really enjoyed what I've read so far. But it's slow, isn't it? Like you know yeah. you if you were a publisher or an agent looking at that book, you'd be like. It's good, great writing, but it takes a long time to get started. Mm. Like we don't know what the story question for that book is mm. until you know quite late. Uh, mm. You know, a good few chapters in, and then you get, oh, this is the problem the protagonist yeah. needs to overcome. Most mm. stories now is you know first chapter, second chapter, boom, you know, you know where this character's trajectory is. I, I mean, it is vivid though the imagery. Oh, yeah. And so when I started off, you know, I, I thought about the person coming up to the. To the city, and I mean, I, this is showing how far I've got a couple of chapters in, you know, and then uh, just the, the the market and the description of the city itself is just so incredible that it's gorgeous, um, yeah. it kind of draws you in. It's filmic. It is, yeah, sense. it is, and that was really interesting. So I'm looking forward to reading more of it. Yeah, fantastic. Um, Luke, any films or books that you have been reading that have struck you particularly? Um, a couple of, um, well, one's a series, mm. so. I watched Russian Doll. Ah, everyone's been talking yeah, about this. Yeah. Worth the watch. It's a very short series, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, no, it it was another one of those takes on time. It's like time Groundhog travel. Day. It's sort of like time travel. Yeah, more like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I got to see this. I'm you got to see this. Okay, well, I'm not going to spoil too much Good, then. But um, just the way that it was shot, the, the, the soundtracks they picked... Everything was yeah was really well done. Yeah, now I can't say anything because no, he's, he's about to watch. It. I've heard a lot of good press about this. Yeah, yeah people have been going crazy over it. Okay. Yeah, but well, yeah, um, write it down. Yeah, yeah. I want to say that I've. I, I want to pull put some criticisms in there, but I can't think on off the top of my head. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's definitely yeah. If you like Groundhog Day, yeah, um, you'll find this one interesting. Um, also, I watched i can't remember what the title is i think it's when the promised flower blooms mm. okay. or it's maquia and yeah, yeah. The, when the promised flower blooms now i can't spoil that either because my wife <laughs> is still watching it yep. yeah yeah yep. but um wow that's it's almost like uh Howl's moving castle sort of style oh, to it interesting. it's not entirely but mm-hmm. but um yeah very nice anime take on um, some relationships and like uh, fantasy sort of yeah. merging and merging with modern industrial or not not modern sorry like a like a steampunk ish yeah, industrial yeah, yeah. it's not really steampunk it's more just industrial yeah, um, yeah. revolution yeah 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 hmm. um, and really really nice landscape drawings everything's yep. very 
Mm. Very nice. So I've it's one of those. It's up there with one of my one of my favorites now. So yeah, all <laughs> oh, right, great. That I found that on the airplane and yeah, and that uh, was a fantastic catch. <laughs> yeah, evocative art styles in animated movies. Are, you can find some. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of you know very sort of throwaway animes, mm. but mm. there's also like they don't they don't sort of restrict themselves to the same. Um, what do you call it? They don't. They don't. Yeah, it's. They don't care about the same exact plot line. So you know, it's yeah. like Hollywood. Right. Like the hero's journey. The very thing, start. Yeah. Mm. yeah, they're not restricted to the hero's journey. They don't mind playing around a little bit. Sure. The formula's not as mm. obvious. Yep. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So they can explore. They do explore a lot more things, like mm. relationships and more deep sort of yeah. behaviors and reactions. Mm. So no, that's really good one. If you haven't seen it, there you go. go. I will mm. put that on my list. Yeah. Um, which that list is getting significantly longer these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I, I, um, I don't have a, 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 a show as much to talk about or, or a book, but I did read an article that, mm. that has got me reading a, a book um, that I wanted to bring to people's attention because it was a really good article and it was the, about the idea of rereading in air quotes something. So when somebody goes and I've, I've told this story to, mm. to Ian, but... When somebody has a conversation about uh, a, a, a piece of classic literature, and they're like, oh, you know, have you read Moby Dick mm. or, you know, um, Ivanhoe or whatever it is. And they're like, oh, yeah, I've been meaning to reread that. Now, what they actually mean is, no, I've never read it, yeah. and I will read it maybe sometime <laughs> in the future. But in order not to seem ignorant, they say reread. Mm. And... I, and it just brought something to my attention. The solution presented in the article was for every book that you read that was published this year or something that people are talking about, pick a book, uh, a piece of classic literature. So I'm reading Crime and Punishment um, at the moment. And I've always liked um, classic Russian writers. Like Chekhov is one of my favorite writers. Um, but I'd never read Dostoevsky. So mm. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm reading it. I'm loving the language. I think mm. it has what we were just talking about, about a slow burn entry. Yeah. Thankfully, well, thankfully and also pretentiously, as people know, <laughs> I read a lot of classic literature when I was growing up. So I got used to the idea of slow burn mm. opens. Yeah. Um, and the, the language is, is beautiful. Mm. It's, it's not Nabokov, but it's still, it's still gorgeous. And, I don't know the intricacies of the translations, like the different versions of translations that's been done. Um, I had a friend that was a lot more wise on which versions were more accurate than others, but um, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far, and I will keep you posted in my journey through classic literature that I've snobbed. <laughs> Funny that you should say that, because I'm about a quarter of the way into The Idiot. By, ah. Also by Dostoevsky. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. That doesn't start off as slowly as Crime and Punishment, but it's yeah. very nice. There you go. Very nice wow. so far. Keep Incredible. You guys should both say that because I'm not reading any classic <laughs> literature at all. Can Can I challenge you to take this challenge with us? Well, actually, what I have been doing is looking at some classic fantasy novels. So okay. I, am, yeah, I yeah. am kind of working my way through. I've read the beginnings of a few. Okay. And I'm kind of like, okay, I'm choosing. I'm sorry, it's going to have to be a Russian one, though. Sorry. There, yeah. are, some, it, there are some Russian fantasy books. If that you is true. Yeah, up, but. Well, you know, there's a bit of history there, you know, in yeah. literature. So absolutely, you'll have to recommend me one. Fantastic. Well, I, ha I have recommended you a particular fantasy, uh, a seminal piece of fantasy work, which we might end up discussing yep. in some form in the future, but we'll yes. keep that for another day, shall yeah, we? Yeah, that's fine. Um, shall we move on to our topic? Mm. So, uh, 
it's the beginning of the year, and as much as we don't want to play into a cliche, we're also going to talk about beginnings and endings in literature. Ooh, this is topical. Um, I've endured so many TV shows and book series that should have ended before they did, mm. or they ended before they should have. Yeah. Um, and it's always bothered me, and it seems that some do it really well. They have a really great handle on how to do a great ending. Mm. So let's start with the ending and then we'll we'll fix up with a nice yeah. beginning thing to end the end the podcast. Mm. But I think I'll start off one of my and this is something that again very few people will be like, "Oh, that's a really good show, Joel." Uh, shocking <laughs> that you mentioned that. Was a show called um Whitechapel. Mm. Uh and it was a BBC show, uh procedural crime drama yeah. pretty much as they do as their mainstay, <laughs> always and forever. Yep. Um, but I love them. And, and I think that Whitechapel is one of the best uh, procedurals they've done because mm. how it kept evolving season by season. Yeah. And, and by the last season, you, you're, you're bordering on a sort of weird urban fantasy vibe mm. that they get into. And they weren't afraid to experiment and do different stuff with the characters. They weren't afraid mm. to put actual character arcs in that changed um, dramatically the tone of the, the show. Mm. And, it, and uh, a lot of the time, their, their viewership, their numbers kept up with them. Yeah. Um, so again, it was one of those really hard, horrible decisions that they, they cut the show yep. and we never know the ending because, cool. you know, the last season teased this primordial thing mm. that would be revealed in the next season and we'll never know. Oh. It was probably just... You gotta, do you think you could track down the screenwriter <laughs> and be like, hey, could you? Would yeah. You? Would you have a chat with us on yeah, the yeah. morning bell? <laughs> there you go. That's my, that's my project for this year. I like that. But yeah, and that was my example of just something that... Mm deeply annoyed me but a lot of the times they go on a bit too long as well well there's something that u.s shows tend to do more than um yeah. the the uk ones my understanding is there's often like a three-year contract for the uk yeah. which the you know actors can be released after so mm-hmm. you look at a, a classic it didn't necessarily end uh strongly but black books was one that started incredibly oh, strongly yeah so the first episode uh, like with any comedy show, it tells you everything you want to know. Yep. Um, and when you go back to it after watching the whole series, everything is yep. lined up perfectly. Every character as well, just who they are. And it's a classic. Yep. Um, and some shows did end pretty well, but they, they often have to kind of meander there. The Office is one that, that wraps up pretty well at the end. Yeah, I agree. But boy, it meanders to get there. Mm. Um, I think that they had to bring back the, a lot of the original uh, writers and showrunners who'd left season eight. You can kind of tell. They came back for season nine. Yeah. And you're like, oh, thank heavens. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, the reason that we originally decided we were going to do this a while ago was that, uh, there's Game of Thrones is coming to an end, Yeah, which everyone knows is coming. And I mean, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. And I'm actually, I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of sitting there. I mean, when this, by the time we come out, we're almost going to be, it's almost going to be upon us. I just have really low expectations and my, the way I'm going to take the whole thing Is this? I'm going to take it as an interpretation. I'm still waiting on George. If you're listening, yeah, this, this is one of the interesting ones because it's going to have two ends. Yeah, yeah, right. It's true. I mean, I'm just taking it as a condensed yep. interpretation of everything that that you know George R. R. Martin has downloaded to the showrunners. Yeah, and mm. I'm going to be like, okay. This is what they could and couldn't fit in. There'll be so much more that he wanted to do. It's it's Game of Thrones by crayon. Yeah, th- yeah, that's right. Yes, that's a very good description. Yeah, it, it's it, no it, offense to the show. Yeah, no offense. It's just that uh, you know condensing some everything intended. Yes, some of it is mm, maybe there. But <laughs> in one sense, yeah, they have this monolithic task of 
of taking an entire show, putting it to DV, trying to make it snappy and get yeah. people keep watching, and that entails with their way of doing it, mm. cutting, smashing, mashing characters together, and, and some of it works. Mm. Uh, some of it works, I think, better than the books. Like Tyrion's character, mm. I liked in the show more than I did in the books. Mm. And I think that came down a lot to the performance. Mm. Um, I liked Tyrion in the books, but I never really... like. It, he yeah, never, Peter Dinklage is incredible. Yeah, and, and his, his performance was astounding, and I loved mm. his thing. But like you said, the last season just seems to be hurtling towards... They were like, okay, this is the ending we want. Yeah. How do we get all the characters mm. to be there for it? Yeah, give them super speed so they can run from one end of the continent. A little bit of teleportation. Yeah, a little bit of teleportation. I mean, so that's one which, no matter what they do, they can't win anyway because it's become a cultural icon. So you're just going to, there's no way you can win, so you just do what you do. And I kind of wonder whether another example of of a a book this time where it ended very interestingly was um, Harry Potter. Yeah. Where, you know, we'll never know what J.K. Rowling's original intention was to do with with Harry, whether she was going to kill him or leave him alive. We know what happened in the end. Um, but you know, apparently she changed what she was going to do. Yeah, as a fan service, I assume. Yeah, as a fan service because it had become so huge. Um, and at whatever reason, the book wasn't heavily edited, and so it's a bit cumbersome in places. No offense, J.K. If you're listening, <laughs> yeah, let's. Well, I'm intended. I'm yeah. really assuming a lot of great people are listening to this. Dostoevsky, if you're listening, just get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, that's big, it. big fan. China Merville, we uh, yeah. know you're listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Okay, so let, let's talk about um, Rowling for a moment because you've you've read the the last uh, book in that series, yes, in yeah, that a series. Of times, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Series, yeah. So I haven't. So I'm, I'm coming to this completely blind. Yeah. I've only read the first book. I have no intention in continuing, um, mainly because it's, it's it's out there. I missed the boat well and truly. Yeah. Um, but tell me what you thought. Like, did you feel like it meandered? What was your reaction? See, I never heard that she changed it at all. Okay, and um, I. It all functioned fine. I wasn't. Okay. See, I was. I read it when I was young enough that mm, mm. I didn't you expect didn't pick, it yeah, to be any sure. any any different. You know. Yeah. Um, it didn't seem that poorly done. Mm-hmm. It f- felt natural enough for a yeah for like a kid's adventure. But then at the same time, I read it again only a couple of years ago. It still, still mm. felt yeah. fine. Um, yeah. So obviously, she'd edited it out just fine yeah. Um, yeah as to whether it would have been better if she'd changed anything i don't know <laughs> i yeah. don't know what she would have done i kind of just it could have been a lot better yeah yeah i mean i'm coming at it from a perspective i read it when i was 27 so yeah you know, it's slightly older than the demographic yeah and i for me i really wanted something even more poignant i mean there's you know snape was really well dealt with mm. um so was dumbledore and how his character arc but um i mean for me with harry would I? I mean, I'm not even going to say spoilers. If Harry had, you know, had been dead, I would. I kind of felt like it would have been okay. And mm. apparently, this is what she'd originally planned. I mean, who knows? Mm. Uh, that we wouldn't have the cursed child, I suppose. So, you know, there was money to be made. No, yeah. <laughs> no that wasn't what happened. But, sorry, but yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll delete that later. Could have wrapped up really nicely with the characters who were left over. Yeah, as well. So yeah, exactly. But we I had mean, very, very strong characters all around him. It wasn't. Yeah, she did what she wanted to do. Great, good for her. And yeah. and no one out there like moans yeah. about the ending of Harry Potter. Like unlike some other series where people are kind of like, well, I didn't. It kind of went downhill quickly, which yeah. can happen mm. at times, you know. And 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 some shows that yeah, like okay, so you've watched The Walking Dead. Mm. I have not. Um, I haven't read the comics either, so yeah. I, you know. I have. Well, what's yeah? So tell me, what what is there a difference? Do both meander or? 
There are you know, some what, differences. I haven't read all of the comics. Yeah. Some of them. Yeah, I mean, I went nuts and bought all of the ones at the time, current. <laughs> so I, I've got 13 compendiums at home, Ooh. or whatever is the nice. trades. Or yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm not a massive comic <laughs> reader, obviously. Graphic yeah, yeah. novels, sorry. Um, <laughs> you lost our audience. The difference is they did some better characterization yeah. in the show. The writing mm. for the, some of the characters is much... Like, for example, the governor mm-hmm. who comes along early. He's just a manic kind of guy in the in the in the comics you just it's unbelievable how crazy yeah. he's, he's you know, going um whereas if you if you read the series he's much more manipulative and sure. soothing and you're like okay and you can actually understand a lot more in that sense yeah. so um that stuff's better but man i mean i haven't watched now for a season and a half when it got to negan uh, that's still good but then after a while it's kind of like they were just going through and through. It's just like they were just wailing on the protagonists. You're like, we yeah. get it. You're powerless. Move yeah, on. Move yeah. on. Yeah. There was a, yeah, it got a bit like that. Yeah. And the fact <laughs> is that now, the for those who don't know, and this is no spoilers, is uh, the, the lead character said he's going to leave the show. So what are you going to do? Seriously, if the lead character is telling you are going to leave the show, it might be time to stop. Yeah. Just putting it out there. This well, is... You don't even have to stop. Just fix it. Fix there it. Are, it's, yeah. a possi- yeah. it's, all, it's always possible to fix something that's you know, going off well, course. In a yeah. Mo- yeah, there was a moment mid... To write like, the ship, yeah. Well, you need was, to either pull new writers in, have a yeah. workshop, something, you know. That you can inject new life with yeah. a, like a spin-off or something. I don't know. Well, they did do um, Fear the Walking, the Walking Dead, which I haven't heard which, amazing nah, things about. Nobody um, really. I mean, yeah, the no, thing that, is... That was no, no good. <laughs> it, it's got to go somewhere. I think that's the thing. Like, sure. You need to see this new civilization forming, not just... And in the, in the um, graphic novels, they have this new civilization forming, so it's going somewhere. And um, and you're like, okay, this is okay. interesting. So it is different then. There's, the, there's the, an yeah. oh-snap moment in the, in the graphic novels, which they haven't got to in the series from what I know. Sure. You're yeah. just like, oh, wow, it's a huge... Huge twist, yeah. Um, and you know they didn't quite get there in the in the story yet. So, as as much as I hate formulas, if you're yep. going to have man in the hole, yeah, that becomes man in the hole, yeah, that becomes man in the hole, yeah, man in the hole, man in the hole, man. In the hole. It, you, it, you've got to you've got to have gotta some up yeah. upswing. Eventually. Yeah, you've got to give your viewers hope as well as your characters hope. As more importantly, I suppose you give your characters hope. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because like, if the characters never feel hope and they start to realize they're never going to feel hope, hmm. then the viewers aren't going to feel hope. Either. Yeah. Yeah, early on, they have this point where this guy who comes on the scene and says, I'm, I'm going to take you to, you know, I need to get to this secret area. I know how to stop the spread of the, you know, the zombie, mm. uh, you know, the walking dead. And mm. so um, that's interesting. But then it does this 90 degree, sh- no, no, sorry, 180 degree shift on that. And you're like, well, what was the point in all yeah, that? Yeah. That felt like, when that happened, I was like, okay, they're going somewhere. This is going to yeah. get somewhere. And then it doesn't. And you're like, it doesn't oh. even progress anything. No. And it just is like, uh, they're in a hole again. I wonder. I wonder, <laughs> in in a sense, especially with TV, whether there is a bit of writer fatigue, and you end up just rehashing the same ideas. I mean, this happens. Mm. So, uh, the uh, a really present example for me was my relationship with the show Vikings, mm. which came out, and there was this weird cult following around the show of being like, "Oh, it's actually not bad. Yeah. Like, it's actually pretty good." Yeah. And I went in with that, and I loved the first initial seasons mm. of mm. Vikings right up until um, Ragnar's death in the show, uh, which, you know, is a thing that happens in the, in the, in mythology, the myths. Yeah. In the, <laughs> so if you're going to get spoiled, like, yeah. you know, shrug. It's, a little, it's been a little while. Pit of snakes, Ragnar's death. I mean, <laughs> come on. Um, but you knew it was coming. And in one sense, the show should have just spun off, been a different show if mm. they want to keep going. But continuing 
the show felt like the writer had lost his way. Yeah, mm. uh, he didn't he didn't connect the mythology anymore to the to the characters. And at the very start of the show, it was this supernatural, mm. weird. You know, you can understand how this Viking mythology, and there was a lot of this. Um, you know, is it or isn't it real? And it's really good, and it's very compelling watching. And they had amazing lead actors mm. in the role. Um, uh, a curiosity. Yeah. Was there something I don't know? Any? Sure. I'm just wondering. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. it anything like what happened to the with um, House of Cards with Kevin Spacey? Like they didn't a like little the actor bit. or something? Or? Yeah. No. It, so he just went on to do other stuff. And oh, also, okay. so he, he was just wasn't involved anymore. He just well, wasn't involved, and also his character then, yeah. just died, and it was the natural progression mm. for mm. his character to die. Yeah. yeah. And that's also the closing of a storyline. Exactly. And in one sense. I would have much There's nothing wrong with a sequel storyline. Yeah, but it's not sequel storyline with a new, yeah. this is what the protagonists want, mm. right? Instead mm. of, this is what a protagonist that is now dead wanted, what's going to happen now? Mm. That's just not as compelling when that protagonist isn't there. It yeah. can be done. It I can mean, be done. In Rome, for instance, the series Rome, they did. Yeah. They, they carried on after Julius was... Mm. But in Rome, it was more of an ensemble, right? Yeah. You had all these mm. vying ideas and, and mm. these characters had different motivations with... Yeah. with Vikings, it's Ragnar's show, yeah. and everybody around him is following Ragnar. Is following <laughs> Ragnar, or is an antagonist to Ragnar? The relationship with his brother, with his wife, with his wives, mm. like all of these things competed, and he was the the central. Mm. Um, uh, he, you know, all the spokes fed to him. Mm. You take him out, you put other characters there, and it just doesn't click. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the, the ending for the later season was was okay, mm. and the next season is the last season of Vikings. I think both the the series create Michael Hurst is the writer, mm. um, showrunner. You know, I think he realizes, okay, it's it's time to just finish mm. this off. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a the last two seasons were a really sad way for a very strong show to go. Yeah. Um, but let let's talk about starts. Let's mm. talk about compelling starts, right? And I just gave one in, in mm. the idea of Vikings. Yeah. No, you know, the History Channel decides to make a show, Vikings. No one has any faith. They go in. It's actually really good. Yeah. Um, and you've got these shows that have come up and these book series, and their opening is just really snappy. So we talked about right at the start of the, the episode about mm. those snappy openings. Yeah. What about an opening that wasn't as snappy but got good? Oh, wasn't as snappy but got good. Yeah. Most... Look, most TV shows... I tell you what, Breaking Bad is very good at the start. Yeah. Um, and it, it is an incredibly well-told uh, narrative. But I really... For me, for it to grab me, it did. Ha- I did have to be in the... I'm not trying to... I, I would never speak ill of the, <laughs> the masterful storytelling in, in Breaking Bad. I don't yeah. want to. I love it. But, yeah. um, you know, I remember it took like four goes to get my wife to watch the whole yeah. first episode. So some in some ways, there was an intensity to it sure. which took the right mood to get. But I think it's a fantastic start. Yeah. Um, many shows, yeah, they don't necessarily get there. You look at something like, let's go back old school. Let's talk sure. about Lord of the Rings. Yep. You know, there's a slow start going on there. Yeah. It's a whole trek of history about the ring. Yeah. Um, you know, The Hobbit doesn't exactly get going either. So You're things in book side or movie side? Book side, yeah. yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. movie side, see, they, they Lots switched snappier. around. Yeah. Because even the movie, it had like a, a prologue yeah. with yep. the party. That's and right. you're like, well, what's this? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. it's good. It's great because I'd read the books first, but. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it, as a, it's not as snappy per se because you're like, oh, you get to go to watch a party and oh, what's he? He's disappearing at a party. Blah yeah. blah blah. I mean, this, you it think about the, slower, yeah. yeah, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. When um, they start out the house, they don't like that. Mm. 
is a not a particularly great like first line introduction. Yeah. It doesn't like grab you straight in. I'm trying to remember the first line of it. It's I, absolutely me. Okay, I would say that that's still a snappy start though because it's got. It's the first line isn't snappy, but yep. you know they go through a wardrobe which is fantasy. And like, hang on, that's. But isn't the wardrobe in chapter two? It's not like it's, I'm not. I'm talking about super snappy. Okay, okay, yeah, super I'm, snappy. Yeah. Again, I, I love Narnia, but yeah, um, mm-hmm. like it's not um, the modern day standard of snappy. Is the wardrobe ridiculous. would have already happened. Yeah, it would have been like um, the kids are walking know, in the wardrobe. Lucy, yeah, Lucy couldn't couldn't believe as the co- as the coats brushed away from her face, she couldn't believe that she was standing in another in, world. In another world, yeah, and then that, it flashes back. Yeah, yeah, and that would be how it would begin now, <laughs> yeah, right? Okay. You know, as sad as Tumnus <laughs> as Tumnus attempted to stab her. <laughs> yeah, I love how quickly you just described a lot of. Of fantasy that opening line it's so good mm. yeah uh, yeah it is how it goes right so mm. you know that's how it would be now and then it would invert back to just a minute ago she'd been standing yeah exactly yeah to, to get people in yeah i suppose i meant more like it kickstarts itself a little bit later <laughs> yeah and it, yeah i mean it gets going and yeah. as a kid but you, yeah. you are gripped um i one it's an interesting one that i love how the princess bride the movie now i haven't actually oh, read the princess bride yeah, the book yeah, yeah. I feel like I should. There you go. There's yeah, something. both of us should. We yeah. should. Um, but the movie, I remember. I can still remember when I watched the movie for the first time. I'm a massive fan of yeah, the movie. It's incredible. But I remember watching it, and I felt like the kid yep. who's like a book. <laughs> Ugh, you know, like you <laughs> Fred felt, Savage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you feel, you feel like him. I was the same age. It was a rainy day. I'm stuck in a classroom. I'm yeah. like, what is this nonsense? Yeah. And then it begins and gets interesting. And I, I actually was, as a kid, I was taken along that journey really well. Yeah, absolutely. And I knew what it was like to be sick in bed and have someone read a story to me. I knew what that was. You know, so a transferable experience. <laughs> so while it wouldn't have been snappy, it was. For the target demographic, it was perfect, amazing, you know. Mm. And then you just love the story. I can still remember sitting there watching it. So, yeah, you know that was one with a great introduction. I'd yeah, say, even though it wasn't fast. I think pulling to a book example as well is when I so I've talked about the Way of Kings on our on our last podcast. I think with Dion, mm. um, Sheldon Collins, and we we talked about the idea of you know th- this fantasy novel that I went in wanting to hate, which was Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson, yep. because it was so popular. <laughs> so, so I started reading that as well. Yeah. And so I read the intro. And the and what do you think about the intro? Because to me, yeah. the prologue threw me completely off. Yeah. I had no idea what was going on. I was yeah. displaced. I was like, yes. this is not a quick open. Yeah. And I really admire that. In, in one sense, he did a prologue yep. that wasn't just, let me tell you the story of the world that we are going to start in so you don't get confused yeah. and this is as easy as it goes. Stay with me now and buy my next book. Yeah. You know, it, it was very much, this is a very, this is a setup that will eventually pay off. Yeah, exactly. Um, how did you find it? You just started reading it. What, yeah, look, I, I found it... it uh it was really gripping. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I was definitely, like, I was impressed by the, yep. the, the reality that he was creating. I was like, yep, I'm right there with him. Um, I, to be fair, I didn't, I could, I did, could put it down because that was a little while ago I did that. Yeah. So, you it's know, very easy to put down. It's like 30 kilos. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, 1% Kendall. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. I found it in an op shop somewhere. And I never, I didn't even know about what yeah, yeah. it was until Joel told me. Well, so it's, it's still sitting on my bedside table about this tall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have to put it down. It'll, it'll break windows for yeah. you if you need to get out of the house quickly. I mean, it's good like that. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, I, I appreciate that. But I also knew the reputation. So the reputation carries you through. And there yeah. is a, you know, reputation can get you a long way into a book. Like, I don't know about you guys, but... 
is there a point where you stop reading? Like for me, it's pretty early on. If I'm going to stop reading, I stop reading pretty pretty quickly. Like I'll, for example, I read you know four or five um, Terry Pratchett books, and then when I got to number six, I was like, you know, two paragraphs. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing any more of this. Yeah, I, yeah, I love yeah. you, Terry, but I'm I I've done enough for the minute. Yeah. Um, so I tend to make a decision pretty quickly, and I just don't go back. Luke, what about you? That's that's a good question. I tend to uh, stick with get about halfway through, and then I'm like, yeah. I know no. what this is doing. No, usually it's more like I intend to come back to this. Yeah, mm. okay. And <laughs> yeah. then inevitably. Either I do eventually for yeah. another ch- chapter or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, do you skim? No, no, well, a little bit. I mean, not, I sometimes skim. Like, I'll, if I'm you really You mean the food descriptions in Game of Thrones, right? No, no, no right? I don't skim if I'm, if I'm bored. I only skim if I'm just like in the zone and I can't start skipping words because I'm reading. Yeah, you're loving it. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, I'm, that's fine. Listen to me. Like, there's a way to read like, it. Because if, if I skim because I don't like it, I'm going to miss something that might actually pull me into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, Maybe. Hopefully. Well, can I tell you as a kid, because uh, I read Lord of the Rings when I was 11, uh-huh. and Gandalf falls off the edge, fly you fools. I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, Gandalf's dead. Yeah. So what did I do? <laughs> well, I was reading book one. My mom, I had my mom's thing, book one I was reading. I just was like, crap, I've got to check this out. Book three, I open up and I'm like, Gandalf's dead. I'm like, oh, good. Oh, good. It's oh, fine. you're terrible. I'll keep reading. You're terrible. I was 11, Joel. I don't forgive you. I skipped all the poetry. <laughs> Oh, how you like me now page after page of italics the road goes ever on and on and yeah back to the under, door under yeah, hill right. and over hill and love you but not Goodness. in love with you Tolkien right. prose no look very good I, I did love Tolkien yeah. but I was too young for that <laughs> yeah. and when I, when I have I did start rereading that um, and genuinely rereading it yeah, yeah there we go <laughs> I must reread that um, yep. and uh, yeah I made it past the bridge of Khazad Doom because that's my favourite like Anyway. Oh, it's so good. The descriptions are amazing. I'm getting well. sidetracked here. Um, <laughs> something that uh, starts off like not as strong. The Good Place is something I've been mm. watching. Have you watched The Good Place? You two? Nope. No, I can't spoil it, so I, I won't spoil it. But <laughs> all I'll say is that you kind of stick with it, and it does a great job of revealing itself yeah. bit by bit. Um, I would recommend it 100. percent I read the plot on Wikipedia. You read the. Oh, Joel. this is the day for confession. I mean, I would say oh, that um, uh, Luke, uh, Russian doll does the same thing, right? Yeah. Bit by bit by bit, you start noticing things around. And yeah, I just wow. Okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, since you hated the poetry, <laughs> I thought I might just drop that on you. That's fine. Um, so let's. Uh, th- there was this. Oh, I now it slipped my mind now. What but about, what about bad starts? Yeah, bad uh, starts. Oh, oh, I've got I want, one. I want to. All right, piss you off go. Some <laughs> listeners here. Um, there's a very, very long series. Mm. Uh, very long. Um, very, very long. Friends? Also, no, <laughs> no, no, not a TV series. Uh, it no. hasn't been adapted. Um, that would be the Wheel of Time series. Oh, oh you yeah, beat, yeah, yeah. You yeah, beat yeah. me to it. That was the my Burning oh, Village. This is well, so this, upsetting. But that's great. I mean, it's a... Now I seem unoriginal. <laughs> Goodness. Every book feels like it's a start again. <laughs> no. <laughs> now, I, I haven't yeah. gotten further than three books in. Uh, four? Four books in. Yeah. But it's... It essentially, to me, I'm not. Maybe I was missing something, but it felt like it was the exact same plot, mm. just a little bit further forward. So all the characters are a bit demented from what happened last yeah. book, mm. and it just started again, started again, started again. Well, wasn't that? So they're in a the village. Idea. They're mm. in a village. They're in a village. They yeah. it burns. It burns. It. It's like he didn't get it started. Well, so maybe like later in the series he did. But to throw <laughs> up a note for our listeners, because mm. it seems that whenever we talk about the wheel in time, we hate on it, and the guest usually hates on it with us. <laughs> I just want to say, I, I finally finished the Wheel of Time. So no, that was my the example. Whole the no, whole thing. No. <laughs> oh. 
Oh no! What do you think I am? I do have a life. Oh, Ian. I'll have you know, my brother has it as a life goal exactly. to finish that. No. He has three daughters, so he's like, if I finish this, I've succeeded in life. No, oh, my okay. December was the office. No, I just read. So I read and finished the first Wheel of Time book, and oh. that was based off um, Luke saying you should probably just yeah. read it. Great. And it's- yeah, and and the, no, but the thing was mm. the opening really put me off. So the oh, reason yeah. I never finished it was the opening was so Tolkien-esque. And I thought, wow, this is really bad. Um, I'm not interested in reading another version of mm. Lord of the Rings. Mm. Um, and then when I went back and based on your recommendation, I finished it and I enjoyed mm. it towards the end. You know, I oh yeah, I thought it picked up momentum. It meandered a lot. Yeah. You can, and I, I read a bunch of interviews and stuff like that that people had done with Robert Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also an interview that, that comes with the, the, the audiobook on mm. Audible. Was and there he, an interview with Tolkien? Uh, no, um, almost the same thing. Uh, but Robert Jordan was basically saying that his publisher said, "You know, this is this is the market, and then why mm. don't you make this more like Lord of the Rings?" And so mm. he did, in oh. order to bring in readers from mm, Lord of yeah. the Rings, right, and then no. slowly tease out the differences in his book. Yeah. So, and I noticed this in the book. There's a lot of Eastern mysticism. There's mm. there's a lot of uh, like. Um, Near East stuff that Tolkien wouldn't go close to a million miles, right? Because yeah. that's not his book. Right? Was it that, the Way of the Crane, if I remember correctly? Was a, a well, it's just a the idea of, method they had. It's just the the Wheel of Time, like yeah. the idea no, 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 of reincarnation I mean, like, yeah. And, yeah, and all this yeah, sort of yeah. stuff, right? Mm. And so the the whole religion, the mythology, the reality of the world was inspired by that. So I I could come to appreciate the subtle differences that he was he was mm. putting in, but g- given both of your reactions, that looks like. Doesn't there keep was going. A lot, like, I think there was a lot to love in his series that he didn't realize very well. Mm. Yeah, like um, there were some very interesting characters I liked. Sure, um, I think it was Tom, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Tom's the one. Tom yeah. was fantastic. Tom's great. It was yeah. a great character who could have brought I, the series to life. Well, I loved, I loved Tom, and particularly like, there's a couple of scenes that just absolutely stuck in my mind when they go through the door and they've got and they're skipping um, through the kind of passages i'm forgetting it's been a, a while since i read this to be fair they go and they, they do this like teleportation quick route and they've got these things coming out in the darkness that is vividly stayed in my mind mm-hmm. in fact um i i know that some scenes i've read there have, yeah. have influenced my writing because there's some stuff from there which i pick out bits from and i think mm. okay how could i the the emotions i got from that i just remember especially uh, and when tom gets i think it's the bracelet that he gets uh, during the mm. the first book and he's yeah. running out he's got that giant thing chasing him or maybe mm. i'm getting this all confused anyway the whole thing just sticks with me mm. so but the beginning does not the beginning annoyed me so much See, but yeah i kind of liked the beginning i i cuz it was going into village culture a little a lot like the lord of the rings mm. yeah. but with its own differences and i have a bit of a soft spot for village culture and like yeah. The, yeah. the like the little celebration that we're having and yeah, right. the farmers who would come in here and there mm. so it wasn't like you know it was personal obviously that i liked that but um, mm. i kind of i kind of enjoyed the way that these characters were also a long way away from the village. Yeah. So when Frodo's in the village, you know, yeah, you got right. sort of that beginning where he just walks down the road to his party, but these guys actually have a whole journey that they go and he gets to talk to his father along the way. Yeah. And that kind of pulled me in a bit more, okay. I think. So yeah. I, I, all in all, I, I think I enjoyed um, Wheel of Time and I, and I, and I probably, I, I might continue the series, but it was very much like I wanted to see what people were talking yeah. about and, and reading it. Um, but I think that that almost brings us to the end of the episode. Um, 
short one today just to get you into the spirit of things, let you know that we're still doing this and we are committed to it. We've got some really exciting guests lined up this year and we hope that you will join us for those episodes. Mm. Um, Before we talk a little bit about Speculate, Ian, why don't you tell us what you've been doing and what you've got coming up where people can follow you? Yes, well, I've been tweeting a lot. Actually, I've been tweeting less than I used to, but uh, I've been tweeting. You have, yeah. So come and find me at IHLaking on Twitter. Um, I'm going to be kicking off some blog entries for this year. going to take people along the next steps in my publishing journey. Now I'm kind of coming out of young baby territory and have a bit more time to think. Yes. Um, looking forward to that. But yeah, it speculates the next thing on the calendar. Fantastic. Luke, where can people follow you? What have you got coming out? I'm not sure I'm that followable at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> um, I'm trying to write up some things, but yeah. it's taking me a little while. I so. saw I saw a little blog uh, blog yeah, post. Yeah, a tiny little yeah. blog post that says I might do some blogging this. And year. where can people find that? <laughs> um, Thesoulshard.com. Fantastic. Because um, I, I stumbled onto my website. I was like, I have a website. I need. To and then I yeah. saw a story that I thought, that's not my story. Yeah. Whose is that? Yep. <laughs> I started reading. I was like, I did write that once. Yeah. <laughs> So oh, I love all. Yeah, there's actually great. no because yeah. I, I wrote a lot of little extra pieces that I didn't um, like. They weren't a whole story; it was a small, self-contained yeah. story. Mm. And some of those were very quick pieces, and sure. so I stumbled on one. I was like, "Wow, yeah, mm. whose is that?" Yeah, <laughs> nice. But no, it's, it's sometimes fun to stumble into your old writing drawer and find mm. something that you don't recognize it's a, fully and then you remember what mindset you were in you wrote it and, and then you realize it was <laughs> terrible and you burn it or maybe that was just my experience <laughs> goodness projecting a bit too much wow um but fantastic hanging around so you? follow <laughs> you on your twitter as well which is yeah, at the soul shard fantastic um, if right. i ever tweet anything yeah great all right well you can follow uh, the morning bell themorningbell.com.au which is probably how you're listening to this also don't forget to follow our um speculative fiction endeavors our festival that is Going to be live mm. on the 15th and 16th of March. Yep. Wow, it's so close. It's I almost know. three weeks. If you're listening and you're in Melbourne, uh, grab a ticket. There's still tickets available as I as I say this. Yeah. Um, and there should still be a few left before the day. Yep. Um, but we're looking forward to seeing uh, a whole lot of great authors. And yep. um, yeah, look, it's been a great uh, festival we've been involved in for the last couple of years. Absolutely. Fantastic. So you can find us there. Come up and say hi. Say you're a fan of the Morning Bell. Say that you love Robert Jordan to make us feel better. (laughs) Sorry, Robert Jordan. Rest in peace. Um, And hopefully we'll catch you in the following episodes. Thank you and we'll see you there.